Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. My name's Pete Allison, here's Dave Craig. Hoi hoi, good morning, evening, afternoon, evening, good welcome. Good welcome to everyone. Good welcome to ye all. Peter, we must start this week with an apology. Yes, um, an apology we have already made on Instagram, but it's important that, you know, like when newspapers do things wrong and mm. then they have to they have to do their apology at like a similar level to whatever they made. Exactly. We don't want do to be the, I mean? the tiny retraction in the corner of page yeah. 312, do we? We want to be front, front page apology. Yeah. And look, I think we've all worked out what happened here and I think we've all worked out how it happened, but... There were two requests last week, weren't there, for the for the episode, and one yeah. of them was uh, from a wonderful listener called Maria. Yeah, and for some reason, and we'll never know exactly what happened in our brains, Pete. The episode, the one where Emma cries, we said, and the requests come in from Emma. Yes, <laughs> it's it's not a great look for us, is it? Because it does really just sort of suggest that our brains aren't capable of processing more than one name at a time. But I will add that Maria has graciously accepted our apology on Instagram, so it's fine. Yes, well, that is that is very nice and very kind of you, and we're very sorry, and that's, that's terrible. We've made you wait so long until your episode came out, and then we just called you by the name of the character that the episode was named after. So, But now, look, look what a moment you've had on an episode that isn't even your requested one. Well, there you go. That's it, you know? Every cloud has a podcast-based apology. Uh, and we apologise in advance to anybody else whose name we get accidentally wrong. Uh, but that just goes to show, if you will choose an episode with a name in the title, yeah. we might just accidentally call you that name. Um, so, you know, be prepared to be called Heckles or something <laughs> similar if our brains aren't working in a, in a future episode. Anyway, apologies aside, we can draw... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to literally draw a line under it. Okay, Pete, one second. Okay. Done. There you go. Drew a line under. Oh, God, that's an important document. Shit. <laughs> God, right, let's hope I've not scribbled out too much of that. Never mind. And just to be 100% clear, we've triple checked this. <laughs> this episode is requested by Dom, and his name is definitely Dom. Dom? 100% sure. 
100% dumb. Great, okay. Well, and it was from Peter, July the 19th. But that's getting fairly recent now. By the sort of standards, you know, you see those things on the internet where it's like, look at time in the perspective of the entirety of history. And it goes like billions and billions and billions and billions of years. And then all humanity is just like the tiny bit of the the graph at the end. Yeah. It is relatively recent on those levels, but it's still... A good half a year away. I'm so, giving us some credit. This is recent. We've got to this one quickly, Dave. Yes, we have. Thanks. Thanks for waiting, Dom. Um, hey, guys. First, your podcast has been a source of excitement and enjoyment ever since you started. That's very kind of you. Uh, I remember watching the VHS tapes of early seasons before they became DVDs, and it seriously informed a lot of my humour. I'd like to suggest the episode Season 9, Episode 5, the one with Phoebe's birthday dinner. Plots A, B and C are all great, with some amazing one-liners, some amazing face and physical acting, and I love that the main plot has everyone together at the end this peter as you teased last week he ends is season nine at its absolute best ah no pressure absolute best um it is a good episode actually isn't it it is really good it's a very sort of aggy episode everyone's very angry Mm. um but it's a very good episode when they all start to sort of lose it a bit um, I'll just do a quick synopsis for you because actually there is a, an interesting point in the synopsis which might explain why it's such a good episode because this, Peter, was directed by... Would you like to care, care to, to venture a guess? Uh, I'm trying to think of some of it. Lembeck. <laughs> it's not uh, Lembeck or... He's a thing. Not Lembeck boners. or Boners. No, sadly not. Sadly not. Uh I'm not sure we've yet done an episode directed by this director, but it is, in fact, a David Schwimmer episode. Oh! Oh, I've heard of him. Yes. Now, now David Schwimmer, now, on this podcast, we like to, uh, you know, we're not saying that we're the world's foremost authority on Friends, Pete. You know, like, there's definitely people that will know more intricate details, but we like to bring you, like, the the inside scoop whenever we can, right? And sort of make little links you might not make yourselves and find little details in the episodes. So uh, if you, for those of you who don't know, David Schwimmer is actually the same man that plays Ross in Friends. <laughs> uh, and so this is, this is a really interesting episode from that perspective because he's not only playing Ross, and he is Ross in this episode as well, he's also directing it. Imagine if someone else had stood in as Ross just so he could direct it. It's like, I, I can't possibly play Ross. Get that guy who played Ross in instead. I don't enjoy to see that. That'd be really nice. Uh, so the one with Phoebe's birthday dinner, season nine, episode five. The gang celebrating Phoebe's birthday at a fancy restaurant, but only she and Joey are on time. Monica and Chandler argue about his smoking. Ross and Rachel get locked outside their apartment with Emma inside. And when everyone finally makes it to the diner... I presume that's supposed to say dinner. Diner. Yes, it's not a diner, is it? I've got a lot no. to say about this restaurant. It's much by the way. more sophisticated than that. Yeah, Phoebe then leaves to meet Mike when he finishes at work early. Only Joey stays to eat everyone's dinners. They've got the word dinner correctly there, just not in the previous sentence. Um, so there you go. Two thousand and two. This episode came out. Uh, and I just flagged that, Pete, because later on, there's definitely a couple of jokes that I would have thought we would be passed by 2002. Yeah, for sure. Um, so should we, I mean, where do we start? We sort of, we, we come together for the dinner, don't we? But there's also a thread running through it when it's just Phoebe and Joey in the restaurant. So it's a tricky one, sort of navigationally today. Um, well, let's start with, let's start with Shannon and Monica, because they're kind of separate to it, aren't they? Or Rachel and Ross, they're the sort of two edge of the story plots, Exactly. All right, well, let's start with Chandler, like you say. Um, it's first day in Tulsa. We're, we're we're deep into the heart of Tulsa, uh, Tulsa Chandler now, which is a kind of a strange. Like it didn't seem strange to me when I watched it as a youngster, 
But looking back on it now, it's quite a curveball that they just take one of the characters out of the sitcom. Do you know? They've it gone, is, and there's no real sort of narrative reason for it, is there? <laughs> no, they've just sort of gone, one of you doesn't get to be in New York for a bit. Uh, Chandler, you're off to Tulsa. Uh, I, did, uh, I found a little uh, tidbit on it, and uh, it is to do with sort of Matthew Perry's recovery, and apparently they gave him a less prominent storyline. So he could sort of prioritise his health during this time. Well, that time. makes sense. Yes, it does. But they're not like you say, he's just still in this episode loads. So yeah. come on, guys. Send him to Tulsa and just let him get on with it, eh? Imagine smoking in a business meeting now. Well, so, but even then, so the weird thing is that this episode starts with that one woman who sat right next to Chandler just getting a cigarette out. Her new boss, first day, like... The rest of them, even though they know it's legal to smoke there, aren't smoking, presumably because it's polite not to smoke in someone's face when you don't know them, you know? I love their really specific knowledge of the laws of Oklahoma as well. It's like, actually, it's legal to smoke, and obviously, but like, it was like 15 people or less. Like, so specific. Yeah. Yeah, this is also slightly odd, bearing in mind what we know about Matthew Perry's uh, sort of recoveries and wanting to prioritise his health. Yes, give him a light-hearted <laughs> plot about addictions a bit on the net. Give him a plot he has to it? smoke as well. Yeah. <laughs> Just smoke these cigarettes, Matthew. Away you go. Um, yeah, it's a bit strange, isn't it? Um, but yeah, she sat right next to the bros, like sort of brazenly gets out the cigarette. And then as soon as Chandler sort of gives him the okay, everybody starts to... Sp- it did, like... It, it very much had the effect on me now, Pete, that you get when you watch something on the telly at the moment and everyone's at a party or some people are hugging or yeah. everyone, you know, you're just like, oh, that feels odd because yeah. we, we just, it's not part of our life anymore. Um, and in the same way that I keep shouting at the TV, social distancing, I felt like going, God, this is just weird. Um, but he does smoke. Right. We've got to do the smoking maths here, Pete. We've got to do the smoking maths. Do you mean about his cartons? Yeah. Because right, so someone's done this maths for us, Dave. Right. Oh, I've I've, I've also done some separate maths. So have, have you found some maths? So, well, a, a friend's trivia page for this episode, which I was looking at, says that Chandler claims to have smoked three big fat cartons in two days, right? right? Yeah. So they've made the assumption that he gets eight hours sleep on each night. Okay, yeah, good, interesting. I haven't done that yet. Well, I sort of have. So that means that he would have smoked 600 cigarettes yep. at a rate of about one every three minutes. <laughs> yeah, so exactly that. That's what I, So without sleeping, it would still be one every five minutes. <laughs> one every five minutes consistently for two straight days with no sleep. With eight hours sleep, yeah, about what? One every three minutes. That is too many cigarettes, I'd say. Your body would surely have some sort of immediate reaction to that much. Like you'd be, you'd be sick, wouldn't you? It just it would it'd shut down. I would have thought yeah. it's just not practical. Like you got to have a shower, you got to do your ablutions. Yeah, you, you've just there's, there's surely. I know. Did you have legal. a cigarette in the shower? I wouldn't. I mean, you could do. I yeah. guess it just if feels you've like kept it's, it out of the water stream. Yeah, it feels like fire and water. A bath. It? A bath would be better if you wanted to smoke, wouldn't it? Yeah, but again, you like honestly running the bath. You're smoking whilst you're running the bath. There's just yeah. things that you have to do. You're smoking when you cook dinner. You're smoking when you eat dinner. You, I mean, look. Some people might say, "Don't look too deeply into it." it just <laughs> but that's what we're here for. That is what we do. Six hundred cigarettes in two days. Too many. Just practically for anyone. Um, but there you go. Anyway, Chandler tries to cover this smoking thing, doesn't he? He gets back. Uh, the weird thing about when he gets back, right? And this is a classic Friends 
sort of sequence that you never quite click until you watch it for a podcast like we do. But Phoebe meets him outside, right? And goes, yeah. oh, you've been smoking and sort of basically flags to him that he needs to cover it because he smells horribly like smoke. Why is Phoebe at the apartment? Well, she's gone over, hasn't she? Yeah. To seemingly sort of check in with Monica. Yeah. But And then you're right, she just goes. <laughs> she knocks on the door. She makes a comment about Monica's threadbare dress that exposes... I love that line. I almost wore my threadbare robe, which (laughs) barely contains my breath. She literally... But the sequence of events is she knocks on the door. Oh, hello. Oh, I can see your tits. Uh, (laughs) Don't be late for dinner. Bye. That's it. That's all that happens. So she goes over to basically ensure that Chandler and Monica's sex doesn't last too long. I just have thought by this stage, 2002, Pete, drop her text. We've got texts. Yeah, true. Well, that becomes an issue throughout this episode, doesn't it? Mm, yes, a lot of lack With of the whole being late. Um, but yeah, it's very odd that Phoebe just nips round to Monica's. Uh, but then Chandler tries a number of things. He tries to cover himself in the unscented oven cleaner. He tries to tell Monica he shat himself on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I do love how he delivers that light as well. Yeah. He's got he's got a couple of great lines in these sequences. They have that first big argument, don't they? And he says, are you the maddest you could possibly be? And then decides to light up a cigarette. And then he goes, yeah. not really sure what to do now, which the way he delivers that is just wonderful. He does have some great lines of this. There's the whole, I, I saw myself during some turbulence, which just the phrasing of that is, yeah. is great in itself. Um, and a little bit later as well, the manipulative shrew. Yes. That's great too. Yeah, really nice. Uh, it is a nice, uh, like like uh, like Dom says, a lot of nice little one-liners in this. Um thing is now, right, we're just getting to the stage where we have to take on this point that we've we've sort of thought about for a, a number of years doing this podcast. Are the six friends just mostly awful people? Because now at this stage, both Monica and Chandler are so late for dinner, right? They're having this argument when Phoebe and Joey are already there. And then they still, once they realise, oh, we're, we're late, let's just go and have sex before we go. Like, presumably the restaurant's a good 20, 30 minutes away. The fact that they were supposed to be there already... Wouldn't you just be like, we should probably just go, shouldn't we? We're really late. Well, the other thing is that even when they briefly make up, or at least Chandler thinks they've made up, they don't think, right, well, now we've got to get a move on. They briefly make up and then continue to (laughs) delay themselves (laughs) and still don't go and meet Phoebe. And that's the thing about it is that they are, and this isn't just Phoebe and Joe. Obviously, Rachel and Ross's situation, which we'll come on to shortly, is a bit more of an emergency. Yeah. But they are all so infuriatingly late without providing any explanation. Mm. Like, text, call, phone the restaurant. So I'm afraid this is making them look, apart from Joey, Joey is absolutely in the good books. Yeah. Um, it is making them all look like terrible friends. Joey does once again put in a good friend performance, doesn't he? As he does quite often. Yeah, and he's also just good in this episode because he's very much light relief amongst all the sort of aggression, isn't he? Yeah, it's sort of two big argument plot lines, isn't it? Filtering into a bit of a stress in the restaurant for Phoebe and then Joey. Yeah, a third argument. Yeah, Yeah, Joey's really the only one that's not arguing with anyone. Also, must mention the very strange situation that's referenced by Monica when she says to Chandler that he wanted to have sex right after her uncle's funeral. Yeah, a couple of odd... And his reply to that is great. He says, it was a celebration of life. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah, there's a couple of odd little throwaway lines in the argument as well. The one about eating ding-dongs with the tinfoil still on. Yes. I, don't, I don't know. What's a ding-dong? Oh, P. 
hater. We can't get into all of this. I was literally about to say, but uh, hang on. Ding dong. Should I Google? The Americas are screaming at us now. It's a chocolate cake produced and distributed in the United States. Blah blah blah. It's a little it's chocolate um, cake. Basically. It's basically a thick wagon wheel, isn't it? A thick wagon wheel. A thick, smaller wagon wheel. I'm not a fan of a wagon wheel, Dave. I love a wagon wheel. I have to have jam in it though. That's what I'd like. Don't like the marshmallow. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, it does have marshmallow. It's not really a mug and wheel at all, actually. You're quite right. Never mind, hey? Um, so there you go. Ding ding Dong references. And in my Googling, I've discovered that in Ilford, there's a company called Ding Dong Wedding Videos. And in Hornchurch, there's a sushi bar called Ding Dong Sushi. Takeaway only at present. Yes, exactly. And in North London, there's something called the Ding Dong Fun Bus. <laughs> Meet you at the Ding Dong Fun Bus, Pete? See you there, mate. See you there. <laughs> Okay, to Ross and Rachel now. Uh, another reason for them to be late. This is very, very the one with the late Thanksgiving, isn't it? I mean, they they do have a penchant for sort of repeating their storylines a little bit towards the end, but this is basically the exact same storyline where four of them are late for a thing and two of them are waiting. Um, have you noticed that Ross often refers to Emma as the baby? <laughs> yes, he does it a lot. He really does, doesn't he? Like, you named her, or at least played a part in the naming. Like, use her name. Yes, well, I mean, at this stage, he sort of refers to Emma like she's his only child as well, most of the time. We, we just don't hear hide nor hair of Ben. And yeah. then to not be able to really sort of refer to her by name as well. It is very odd. It is, it is like he's talking about Rachel's baby, you know? Yes. Not, not his baby. It's very odd. Um, here we've got another classic Friends trope of... Uh, thinking a locked door scenario is absolutely an acceptable thing to do in a sitcom in a world where doors are never locked. <laughs> yes. Yeah, what kind of mechanisms are going on on these uh, apartment doors? Uh, uh, Ross's apartment, famously, you people walk into willy-nilly all the time. You just close it. It doesn't lock. But yeah. never mind. We have uh, we have the... <sighs> I think we just have the good grace to overlook that, don't we, and suggest it's fine that the door is locked. Uh, again, how are they so late? They... Uh, Phoebe and Joey are already at the restaurant by the time they get locked out, you know? So even if that hadn't happened, they're not ready. They're not going. I know Judy's not there yet, but then they're also not ready to leave, you know? I also wouldn't really blame Ross if he didn't want to go, because what's with Phoebe's passive aggression towards him right at the start? <laughs> that's re- that's really unexplained. Like, he shows willing to go, and she's like, if you must. <laughs> well, the whole actually setup, and now you've mentioned it, the whole setup of the birthday dinner is quite strange. Phoebe just books dinner for her five friends without checking any of them are free. Yes. She just said, I couldn't get a reservation on my birthday, so we're doing it on Thursday. And then Joey says, it's Halloween, which famously... Like, not so much over here, but, I mean, it is getting getting there. But that's a big old deal in uh, yeah. in in the US of America, isn't it? Especially Halloween? in New York. They have a big parade, don't they? There's so, everything's going on. There's, there's parties and everything. So she's just assumed that her five friends it had a bit of um, corona lockdown vibes to it. You know, <laughs> you've done that thing where you can just say to your friends, are you free tonight? Because nobody has plans, because there's nothing yeah. to do. Um, but it did have a bit of that, like, I presume none of you have got any plans for one of the biggest holidays of the year, so we will go to a fancy restaurant. Bit odd, isn't it? Yeah, it is odd. But yeah, then Ross and Rachel get locked out of the apartment. We have, the, I really enjoy uh, the sort of, the panic that Rachel gets into, the sort of, did I leave the water running? Did I leave the stove on? No, you haven't cooked since 1996. Lovely yeah. David Schimmerlein. Directing himself into a lovely bit of comedy there. 
And Ross's big sort of sarcastic, dramatic story plot for <laughs> yeah. what could be happening on the other side of the door is great, isn't it? Yeah, it's very funny, actually. And then we get, obviously, a little cameo from Judy Gallo, which is absolutely worth it, just for the Willie Took Between His Legs story. I, right, that is great. I, the word Willie is appalling, isn't it? <laughs> what an awful word. Yeah, it is. I mean, what would you have, what would you have written in the script in place of the word Willie in this context? <laughs> Ding dong. <laughs> these, are the, <laughs> uh, these are the big questions that we're here to answer, aren't they? Yeah. I think I think you could have gone for the biological term of penis. Yeah, true. Well, Willie is a but funnier word. But it's because word, it's sort of it? it's patronising Ross, isn't it? It's making him sound really childish, and Willie is yeah. a childish term. Like no one over the age of, I'd say. 16 should be using the word Willie. Willie is such a funny word, isn't it? Now that you've yeah. mentioned it, it's really, it's really odd. Um, yes. I wonder what the origin, why is it called origin of Googling of the word Willie? Originally Northern British usage from the 1960s. So there's no actual sort of wordplay, it's just we need to call it something, so we'll call him Willie. It does strike me as a very British word, actually, Willie, doesn't it? <laughs> I didn't know it was particularly American vernacular. Weirdly, this definition describes it as a pet name for the penis. Mm, do you need a pet name for your genitals? I don't think you do. A lot of people do call that they reference. I mean, does this happen in real life? But a lot of people call their genitals things, don't they? They reference it in sitcoms <laughs> and movies a lot. I've never really, I don't think, met anyone that actually does that in real life. Have you? Uh, no, no, thankfully not. Mm-hmm. There you go. At least well, not that I know of. Maybe people in private. Well, you know what our Instagram and Twitter handles are, guys. If you name your genitals, drop us a line. <laughs> well, best not to dwell on it, eh? Uh, no, I won't be dwelling on it. <laughs> Actually, I, I kind of feel like I will. <laughs> Don't dwell on the willy, Pete. Don't dwell on the willy. Um, also, really worth the Judy Geller cameo for <laughs> the later, really quite bleak joke. But the ongoing thing of them not loving Monica at all. Yes, <laughs> about her turning Monica, down plants. Yeah. She's out of town. That's so, there's something so funny, yet like heartbreakingly tragic about a mother lying to her daughter. It's very Meg Griffin, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is actually, yeah. And then obviously they reference this, don't they, about Judy just necking wine and completely ignoring the baby. Like she, she, not a, after that, I would never be leaving a baby alone with Judy Geller in the apartment because she's like that in full view of the parents. What's she going to be like at home? Yeah, exactly. Um, but then, yeah, so that's the Ross and Rachel sort of uh, arc, isn't it? And they get locked out of the flat. They're late. They all arrive very conveniently at the exact same time. I do love Joey's sort of increasing frustration at him getting very close to being able to properly order and then it all falling through because someone else arrives. That's a real real mood, though, isn't it? I mean, Joey's arc in this episode is basically being hungry and that's something I can really relate to. (laughs) Yeah, well, do you know what? Joey getting aggressive because he's hungry absolutely me yeah like the ang- i don't i'm not a very angry person dave i just generally don't get very angry <laughs> apart from when i'm really hungry and i know it's i know like uh what do people call it hangry hang- hang- yeah hunger or hungry yeah um that's that's totally me is it yeah what have you, what's the worst thing you've ever done when you've been well, hungry? i just feel like my i get a very short temper so <laughs> i get very snappy <laughs> do you yeah no, I can I can completely understand that, and I tell you what, this is um, going to be either hugely out of date or um, only relevant to certain people in certain tiers, uh, you know, and in this country as well. But 
This whole t- are you in a substantial meal area or what are you in at the moment? Oh, I'm tier three. We're You're not three. even allowed that. Yeah. Oh, you can't go anywhere. Well, do you know what? Actually, I'm in Leeds, Dave. The rate in Leeds is actually very low. Well, right. comparatively very low now. But the rest of West Yorkshire is a shambles, so we're being kept in tier three. Uh, you're being you sort of uh, yeah being held back by the north. So I could quite safely, I imagine, go out and have a substantial meal, but the rules say I can't. The substantial meal caveat of going to the pub, I actually think is one of the finest uh, changes that has ever been made to hospitality. I just don't need an excuse to be like, oh, should I get some chips? Should I order yeah. some little... Bu-? Like, I've always just... It's actually compulsory for me to be eating whilst I'm having a drink in the pub, and I am absolutely thrilled with that. And just in a nutshell, if you're listening outside of the UK, which we know many people do, yeah. uh, basically, in some areas of the UK right now, you can only go to a pub and have a drink if you order a substantial meal. That's their language, not ours. Yeah. And there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, substantial meal discourse going on about what is a substantial meal. Yes, well, exactly, quite. But there you go. I, so I walked past the pub the other day and just looked through the window and a man had half a piece of pizza on a paper plate. I don't think that's a substantial meal, but that's clearly <laughs> what that establishment is... Uh, what that establishment is doing never mind um to the dinner then to the dinner itself actually we should we should have some uh we should have a little break shouldn't we really oh we haven't done the break yet pete what are we playing at Tilly Steele. And I'm Helen Monk. And this is Bitchin'. I'm dyslexic. Yeah, why do you read the Wikipedia page? <laughs> it's good to practice. Yeah. A podcast where every week we talk about a different person. So how old was he when he first popped on the scene? That's a great If question. you say he was my age, I'm gonna <laughs> fucking die. And we veer wildly off track. Pop that Prosec. <laughs> Available on all your podcast apps. That's not right. Can you not say er in the advert? (laughs) Available on all your podcast platforms. Just search Bitchin or Great Big Owl. We'll see you there. That was all right. (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. 
Right, to the restaurant then. So we've got the Joey and Phoebe bit, and then we've got the bit where they all arrive. So there's sort of a two-parter to the dinner itself, isn't there? Now, we talked about this on last week's podcast, was it? Or the one before, where Chandler's tipping the waiters and you're not getting your own reservations. And there have been a few people, a few American listeners get in touch to sort of say, yeah, this is... I've had to wait 40 minutes for a table that I booked at a specific time. And it just seems like the restaurant reservation system in, in the US of A is an absolute shambles. Yeah. This is another reason to never go out for dinner in America. The waiter's a prick. They're not allowed to sit at a table for uh, if people don't turn up on time. They're not allowed to order before anyone else is there. You can't right, even... that's bizarre. Yeah. Like, that's, that's such a specific policy. You can't order until the entire party arrives, and then really, bitchily, he adds, it's restaurant policy. Yeah. Well, that's a ridiculous policy. What's a mad policy there? Because surely if six people are going to arrive and have a full sort of two or three course meal each and they just want to order a little snack, that's more money in your pockets, eh? Yeah. Maybe, again, we're getting caught up by sitcom world. But if this is an accurate depiction of restaurants in America, bloody no. What's wrong with the customers always right? They don't seem to have that. Yeah, they're not very nice to their customers here, are they? No. Also, there's a few inconsistencies in the restaurant. One, I'm pretty sure, the sort of restaurant that we've been led to believe this is, wouldn't really be up for having a baby just sitting at the bar. Well, yes, she sort of sits at the bar like she's... I'm talking about Judy here. Emma clearly isn't just sat at the bar. (laughs) She sort of sits there like she's in a pub, doesn't she? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a very small bar, you know, presumably just for serving the people in the restaurant. It's not like they have a whole bar area, you know? And um, I just just feel like the, the snobbery and the sort of... Uh, looking down that they do at their customers. I just feel like if someone turned up and said, I'm just going to sit at the bar with a baby, they'd be like, I'm oh, sorry, madam, this isn't the sort of place that you're allowed to do that. This happens in Friends a little bit, doesn't it? When they go to fancy restaurants, the characters are often made to feel like they don't belong there. Right. Yeah, 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 that's true. That is true. And I guess, yeah, that is that's part of the the the... I guess Peter's part of the comedy that's derived in this episode, yeah. and maybe that's why they've done it. Maybe we should just shut the f up. Mm. Um, but yeah, there is a, there is a lot of uh, characters not being fancy enough to do a fancy thing, isn't there? Yeah. Um, but here's the final point I'd like to make. After all we learn about this restaurant, right? The snobbery, the rules. It's very, very uh, controlling. It's very, very uh, superior attitude. Is this the sort of restaurant where six waiters would come out and sing happy birthday in harmony at your table? It's a very good point. It's a very good point. <laughs> Which they do at the end to Joey? Very I, odd, isn't it? I experienced that at, um, at TGI Fridays many years ago. Right. And they made me stand on the chair. And honestly, that's it was awful. <laughs> Like, I, I just don't want a whole restaurant looking at me. No, it's it's embarrassing in the first place. But TJ Fridays is, and this is no slight on TJ Fridays, which I really do enjoy, uh, oh, yeah. is very much a source of establishment. I would expect it to happen. Yes. Not yes. this very fancy New York restaurant. No, I agree. So maybe they should take a better look at their snipey, snipey? Horrible restaurant policy. Yeah, you snooty little bastards. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Snipey snooty. Snipe. Um couple of suspect lines in this uh, portion. So, so, so well, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Joey and Phoebe refuse to move, refuse to move. And then Phoebe gets absolutely ground down by... There's, there's a number of speaking extras in this restaurant, actually. It's, they've not done the usual friends thing of just having one waiter do it all. They've got two or three different people that come over and talk to them, haven't they? Um, and then Phoebe obviously gets moved when Joe goes to the bathroom, on the tiny table, hilarity ensues when they all turn up, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
then Ross and Rachel turn up, then Monica and Chandler turn up. And yeah, we have this like, having had quite a wholesome episode in terms of of, uh, friends not making problematic jokes, there's like a quick run of three in just this tiny little end scene, isn't there? So there's there's never hit a woman. Yeah, never hit a woman, never hit a woman. Sort of <laughs> Joey saying, convincing himself not to not to hit women, to punch someone. Yeah. But then immediately when Monica says something that Joey doesn't like, Joey says, "Chandler, control your woman." Yes. Yeah. Which is curious in this day and age, isn't it? And then another sort of throwback one. But Chandler later says, "Why am I such a girl?" When they're talking about. Uh, him not wanting to have sex. Being such a girl because he has an emotional reaction to something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Again, it just feels like I thought we'd sort of moved out of this. I know it's only still 2002, but it's 21st century, lads. Like, yeah. It's odd that those ones snuck in towards the end of Friends, isn't it? Um, as you say, though, ma- manipulative shrew is a very funny line. And uh, <laughs> I think may- maybe my favourite moment of the whole episode, actually, is when Rachel tries to tell everybody the Willy story. And they already know it. And, and, and David Schwimmer's, uh, ah, they already know it. And then the reaction after that is so good. That That's yeah. like really good peak, excellent Ross physicality, isn't it? And we get the great Phoebe moment. It's sort of peak manic Phoebe when she completely loses her shit. And it's great. A bit like, um, damn it, woman, pour yourself together when she's talking to Precious. The yes. whole pick up the sock thing is great. I love it when Phoebe like properly loses it. Yes, and the restaurant doesn't react particularly badly at all. I would have thought that would have it been... It doesn't. And in fairness to Phoebe, when she tells them off, like, she's right and justified. Like, Phoebe, you're allowed to have a go. It's fine. Oh, I'd be livid if I was Phoebe. Absolutely. Completely, like you say, justified. They've all been awful. And, you know, fair play to actually just ditch them all. Like, yeah. it's I almost was a bit annoyed at Phoebe for... She says, I'm not the sort of person that leaves her friends to go with her boyfriend. And then she goes, no, I am. She almost, like, paints herself in a, in a bad way there. Like, she's doing the bad thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I no, think she could have reasonable. happily said, I am going to be with my boyfriend now because you've all been absolute pricks and I'm annoyed with you and I want to go and spend it with someone that likes me. Um, fair play, ditch them all. But then, again, doesn't end here, does it, Pete? The poor, poor old Joey being nice, and I know he ends up in a situation that he loves where he gets to eat all the food on his own, but once Ross and Rachel go off to take Emma home, I guess justifiable, um, given that Judy's basically on the floor, um, then Monica and Chandler are just left with Joey and they leave to have sex and just leave him on his own to have dinner in a situation that they've caused. Which doesn't bother Joey at all. Doesn't it doesn't bother him, Joey at all, but from a good or bad friend's perspective, do you know what I mean? They Surely at that point they'd be like, look, yeah, I know we're late, we'll stay and have dinner with you because you've been here waiting. But no, they're just like, oh, should we, should we nip off and bang and you can just carry on sitting here on your own like you have been the whole night? So who of the six do you think comes off worse in this episode? You're not allowed to go for couples, I want an individual. Uh, I think... Ooh... I think Monica probably bottom yeah. of the table. Yeah, I was going to say that. As well. She's manoeuvring all the pieces in that in that one. Chandler has some suspect lines, but I think he's basically just going along for the ride at this stage. Would you say? Yes. I mean, I no, so. no, no pun intended. Um. Yes, you're quite right to leave silence there. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to say something. No, I just didn't mean to say going along for the Along ride. with the ride. <laughs> but never mind. Uh, uh, on that note, da, 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 uh, yeah, I think I think that, that about wraps up the one with Phoebe's birthday dinner. Um, Done. Good choice, Dom. Thank you. Well directed, David Schwimmer. Um, I'm sure you're listening. Uh, what is next, Peter? Next week. 
A really good one, actually. Yeah. Another one that I'm quite surprised we haven't got to so far. Okay. Uh, it's requested by Molly and Abby, and their episode suggestion is Season 7, Episode 20, the one with Rachel's big kiss. It's Winona Ryder time. Ah, Winona Ryder. Good. Yeah, great. Lovely. Um, come along for the rider. Yes. Yes, that'll do. You can't, Dave, can't end a podcast episode on that. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Molly and Abby have requested this together, have they? Or are there two separate ones that have come in? No, it's it's. they've requested it together. It says our names are. Oh, great. A joint request. Wonderful. A joint, I assume, Instagram account. Um, lovely well we shall get to that next week then and also for those of you on the patreon uh we'll have a new episode of joey this week yeah so yeah i mean that's that's all the information there if you do want to go and listen to our uh spin-off series it is on patreon.com forward slash friends pod i think <laughs> double check that pretty sure it's on our and also also follow us on instagram because that's where all our updates go um when we share what episodes we're doing and all sorts and the best way to get in touch with us so if you haven't already followed us on instagram please do fwf pod on instagram do it fwf pod all there and yeah the patreon also has uh you get every episode a day early with no ads at all so there you go what's not to love um exactly. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>Need to stock up on any weather wardrobe staples? Check out American Giant for hoodies, jackets, sweats, and more pieces you can wear anywhere. All made right here in the USA. Go to American-Giant.com and use code AnyStyle24 for 20% off your order. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.